theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. So what you've been worried about, God says, I will do it today. I'm going to break that today. So when nobody else knows that you're worrying, when you're driving to work or wherever you are and whatever you're doing, God says, I'm stepping in today. Because you worried. Somebody in this place is worried. And you're holding this. You got this still? Yeah? You're holding this. You're going to do something with it. Maybe this is making you feel a little anxious. What does she want me to do? Maybe this is making you feel a little bit worried. What does she want me to do with this? But when you're supposed to worry, not worry, right? Don't worry. Look at your neighbor and say, do you worry? But don't answer them. When, when we moved to O Canada, Oh, Canada, right? We, we left this church, big old sweet church. My kids had a great time and doing all this fun stuff. And then we moved here, and then my kids were in youth group, and we had no boys. So I have a girl named Grace and a boy named Luke. And so after service, everybody's hanging out having coffee and tea and cookies. And I was like, oh, and I was looking in the distance, and the Lord said, go sit right there. I was like, everybody's hanging out, loving. I just went over here, and I went. I sat down and the Lord said, this is like, I'm having a God moment. Like everybody's hanging out and I need to go speak to them. The Lord says, sit down. I said, okay. And you want to know what the Lord said? The Lord said, am I big enough to take care of him? I said, oh yeah, you are. You are so big. And I wanted to get the microphone and say, Jesus just spoke to me after service. Y'all are having tea and cookies and chocolate chips and all this stuff. And the Lord is speaking to me in the back row sitting on this seat over here. And so from that time, that moment, I ain't worried about a thing. Because God takes care of it. But he knows our, he knows our, our little bitty things. And, and, and that was something big. No, Luke. But that was big to me. Because we left all these boys back there, and we come here, and they have no boys. And now we have lots of boys. But he's at school now, at college. Okay, but this is the one scripture. So when it comes up, I don't know if they could put like six and seven together. But when it comes up, you need to get your cameras out because you need to take a picture of this. You need to memorize this verse. This is a verse that when people have problems, have issues or whatever, I just go to this verse right here. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. The first thing says... Don't worry about anything. Who does that? Oh, I should move over a little bit. So. Who does that? Who doesn't worry about anything? You ain't worried about anything? Price is going up. You know this is going on. And the food costs a fortune. Do you know Jesus? He is the author and finisher of my faith. He's going to take care of me. I got to trust him. It's all about trust. Jesus says, I put you here on the surface. Will you just trust me? I will take care of you. I will take care of you. So don't worry about. Say, I need to do that. Instead, 
pray about er everything. Pray about what? So people want to meet with you, you know, you're like, are you worried? What, let me just go here. Philippians, this woman said, Philippians 4 and 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Then what does it say? I love this. Like, tell God what you need. And thank him for all he has done. Right? Then verse 7. These are it. This is, you take the picture. We're almost done. Whatever verse they're putting up right now, 7 or, here we go. Then, it's the if-then statement. Right? I'm going to move over because I'm cameras everywhere. Um, so it's the if-then if statement, right? If you do that, then you'll have this, right? You go clean your room, you do that stuff, and then you're going to have this. You know, that's what they say it so fast. You're like, what did you say, Mom? What did you say, Grandma? Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and your mind as we live in Christ Jesus. Say, I need that. You do. You need to encourage yourself in the Lord. Right? When you go home, ain't nobody around you. You don't have all these people around together. You have to encourage yourself in the Lord. Say Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Who's going to memorize it? Wave to me. You going to memorize it? Who's going to memorize it? Now, who's going to do it? Don't worry about anything. Now, you know, you got the exams coming up. You got that boss and you got that raise and you got all that stuff. And he can give you that raise. And we're going into January the 1st. The Lord wants someone here to know today. Don't worry. If you don't worry, I will send things your way that you didn't even expect. God says, I am going to do a breakthrough today. You will leave here different. When you go home at the nighttime and you, that worry starts to come, you're going to be like, don't worry about a thing. I ain't worried no more because you have everything I need. Do you believe that? Put your hands together if you believe it. So, you know, we can't be everywhere, but guess who can? God can be everywhere. We can't see everything, but God can see. We can't know everything, but God can. So everybody say worry. Say, I don't, shouldn't do that. Uh -uh. Luke 10 and 41, it says, and Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, you, I can only imagine. I mean, like he's so sweet and wonderful. Jesus says, right, he's the good news, but he's going, Martha, Martha. Martha, you are, you are what? Worried and troubled about many things. When Jesus shows up to my house, I do not want him to say, you are worried and troubled about many things. But if he does, give me a way of escape out of that worry that's in the midst of my house. Worry acts like a thief. It'll rob us of our joy. Because he said, I want to give you joy unspeakable. But when I go home, I'm worried about this. And when I go there, I'm worried about this. And God says, today I'm going to break it. I'm going to break it. Martha was a worry wart. 
you know any worry warts? Ain't no worry warts in here. I'm sure it's your friend, somebody on the, you know, at school or somebody on the job or somebody in the neighborhood and next door neighbor. They're the worry wart. But you ain't the worry wart, right? It showed up when Jesus came to dinner. Martha, Martha. Martha worked hard in the kitchen. But Mary sat listening at Jesus' feet. Martha was frustrated and asked Jesus, don't you care? My sister has left me and I'm having to do all the work by myself. She having good food at the feet and she can smell my good food I'm cooking. Mm. Sometimes we let the mouth just go. Three things in this story. Martha was busy serving, but she wasn't enjoying it. Martha allowed her work for the Lord to become more important than her relationship with the Lord. You ever done that? Satan, listen to this. Satan, we don't like talking about him too much, but you know, Satan didn't like, didn't take Martha out of the kitchen. Listen to what he did. He just stole her purpose for being there. I'm going to say, should I say it again? Okay, Satan didn't take Martha out of the kitchen. He just stole her purpose for being there. Satan doesn't turn you against the church or the people. He just makes you focus on yourself. Satan doesn't take you away from your ministry. He just says, mm, he just gets your focus on yourself and makes you think you're overworked and unappreciated. No matter where you are, your job, whatever it is, the enemy Satan will try to do those things, but say he ain't going to do that to me. God values your attitude more than your actions. Say my attitude. Because she knows she all worried. I'm cooking turkey and dressing. I'm cooking jerk chicken and I'm cooking these beans and I'm cooking rice and peas and I'm cooking... And don't you worry, don't you think she should be in here helping me? Philippians, it says, this is so good. I don't think I gave him this one, but that's all right. Philippians 2 and 14 says, it's so short, do everything without complaining. Who do that? Who does that? Maybe your grandma, your grandma, and the great-grandma. Maybe she did it without complaining. But I don't know about 2023. Do everything without complaining. Now, I want you to say this to yourself. Do I do that? Now, get that person beside you. Say, am, am I doing that? Do everything without complaining. Your bad attitude ooh, spoils the gift that God wants to bring to you. What did Mary choose? Sitting at Jesus' feet. Jesus always prefers the quiet devotion of a sincere heart than the noisy attitude of a complainer. Matthew 6 and 31 through 33. I want it to sink in a little bit because the Lord says, I'm going to break that off of your life today. If you do not want to have this on your life, he said, I will break it today. So Matthew 6 and 31 through 33 says, therefore... What does it say? 
do not worry. Who worries? Saying, what am I going to eat? This costs so much money. I don't even want to want to do. Have milk gone up, everything gone up, bread gone up. Do not worry. And what you shall drink and what you shall wear. Whew, does anybody have those thoughts? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows what you need of all these things. But seek him. Seek him. And don't worry. Seek him. You know, he, he's this really good father and this good God. And he says, I don't know why they ain't worrying. Why they keep on worrying. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So when you don't have, you seek him, you pray about everything, don't worry about anything. Right? Now, th listen to this, listen to this. Mark 4, 18 and 19 says, still others like seeds sown among thorns. Hear the word, hear the word. They hear the word. Oh, the word is so good. Don't worry. Yeah, she said, don't worry. But you get home, you know, in that bathroom or wherever you go and wherever you're thing is whatever that is but it says but the worries of life mm -hmm. okay okay still others like seeds sown among thorns hear the word but the worries of life the deceitfulness of wealth and the desire for other things come in and choke out the word making you unfruitful Don't be worried about a thing because God says, I will take care of you. I will. If you believe that, put your hands together. I believe it. He's going to take care of me. And when I would be sitting out there listening to preaching like this, I would say, mm, that's me. That's my household. That's my kids. Amen. So with our thoughts, attitudes, and appetites, they have capacity to put a stranglehold on what God had intended for your life because you're worried about everything. Or you're worried about a few things. <clears throat> you know, weeds, you try to grow this little cute plant. Oh, he talked about plants, right? You try to grow this like plant, and then all of a sudden this weed grows and sometimes weed look good and you're like is that a weed or is that the real thing they, they, did somebody put that on my yard or something like that and, and and so the weeds grow and choke out the word in your life that's when you go home to that bathroom and now you say I don't know how we're gonna pay this I don't know how we're gonna afford this I don't know how we're gonna do this I don't and Jesus says they're gonna bring me along they're gonna bring me along over here do they know I'm right here do they, do, they, do they know that I, you know, it's the good news? I'm a loving God. But you go in this room and you go in this place and you say, I ain't got this, I ain't got that. I don't know how I would ever do it. I don't know how it's going to ever make it. And the Bible says, don't worry and pray and, and pray. Like, you don't have to go in this. You just talk to him like I'm talking to you, right? Every moment that we spend in worry, we are feeding that thing. Almost that beast that strangles the promise from our destiny. But today, it's breaking. The devil, listen to this. The devil can't read your thoughts. But when you react 
to his suggestions, then he knows what you are thinking because it affects your countenance. We start acting what the enemy said. And then the enemy is always empowered by our agreement of what he's telling you. You know, you should be where you know you. And the agreement with the enemy empowers him to steal, kill, and destroy. But God says, I'm breaking that today. I'm breaking that today. Don't let your countenance go by and say, I don't know how you're going to do it. Because you know he's a big, he's just that mouth. And he goes to the ear and he tells you. And then all of a sudden you walk in to everywhere. I don't know where you walk into, but here, there, and over there. You walk in like. You know, like eventually you're going to be going to the back place because you're going to, you know how they tell you that. Put your toes back. Go stand straight. Because I got a God who's good. Amen. Is he good? So don't worry about a thing. But today it's breaking that agreement that you are not going to worry. Period. Because God is for me. And whatever you need, God can do. Let me tell you, I know this family in the States don't make a lot of money, don't have a lot of money. And let me tell you, it's crazy. I'm just, it's not even notes, but it's, it's in here. And, and, and they still have to pay on their mortgage. Their mortgage, I don't know. It's a good chunk of change. But they have to pay on their mortgage and they ain't got a lot of money. And all this stuff started to happen to them. And they were just praying and speaking the word. All this stuff started happening. They praying and believing in the word. All this stuff started happening. And guess what? They had like COVID. And so the bank said, listen to this. The bank said, okay, so you had that. We we're going to give you that four months uh, leeway. Whatever that word is. I don't even know. Four months something. Well, you don't have to pay, right? But we'll just put it on the back end, okay? <laughs> and let me tell you what. Let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you. Mm. When you ain't worried about a thing and you trust God with everything, you know what? 15 months later, they ain't paid a thing. Guess what? January, the something, they got to pay. But God gave them 15 months because he's a good God. Whatever you need him to do, he will show up. And God told me to tell you, stop worrying and trust me in this walk with me because I have so many things I want to do for you. 15, who goes and lives? Let's just say apartment. Who goes and lives somewhere for 15 months free? But God, he's got what you need. I don't know what you need in this house today, but God says, I'm about to break worry off your life and I've got things for you that are so big, that are so extraordinary for you in your life. If you would just walk with me and trust me in the journey, I've got what you need. Put your hands together and thank him. You know, worry takes a toll on our emotions and our physical health. It zaps our strength, causes insomnia, headaches, stomach problems, and even muscle tensions. This is so cool. I can sit this down. It won't go. Okay. So what I, muscle tensions, right? It causes that too. Now, with muscle tensions, you can go to Amazon.ca. 
And Amazon.ca got everything you need. Be at your door tomorrow. But who want to live like that? Causes insomnia. I hear kids don't hard go to sleep. Adults, headaches, stomach problems, and muscle tensions. And guess what? You can plug this up at the house. But if you're taking a long ride and you still got your muscle tensions, you can plug this in the car. Amazon.ca. And we're not supposed to do what? Not worry about a thing. But man, they making some money on all the back rubs, all these kinds of things. I don't know what this was stuck on, but I said I need to bar somebody's because I need to show them that worry. Life is just a vapor. They probably need to detox that thing right there, but. It's just a vapor. Why don't you do that? Go. It's just a vapor. Trust him and don't worry. And then the second thing is pray about everything. That's good because you can look back at your little camera you took. Pray about everything. Prayerlessness creates lack. You write that down. Prayerlessness creates lack. You know my mom, she old, she 81. She don't take no pills for nothing. The doctor called and said, the, the doctor said, let me just call your mom. I mean, that woman, because I don't got no patients like her. She's 81, don't take no pills for nothing. And you know what, her eyes not doing the best and her hearing. And she, we were going to Walmart. I just drove her to Walmart. And, and she said, I've got that scripture. Blessed are the eyes that see. I said, Urgh! I just put that right in park right there because she was like going to preach to me. I was like, she said, blessed are the eyes that see and blessed are the ears to hear. It don't matter what you don't see. It doesn't matter what you don't hear. We've got a God that says, if you trust me, I'll take care of you. If you trust me, I'll work it out. She can see and we can't even believe it because God. She can hear. I said, Mom, you can hear what I told you on a FaceTime. She said, I never got all. Let that scripture go. Blessed are the eyes that see. And blessed are the ears that hear. You get a hold of the word and you pray about everything. Because prayerlessness creates lack. So when you want a meeting, you got to, you got to make sure. You pray? Well, you go pray and we'll meet you in another week. Because ain't nothing a 911 till you make Jesus. Okay, Matthew 7 and 7. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on knocking. Keep on seeking. Oh, and you will find. Right? Seeking. You know, playing that hide and seek game? Man, if they got $100 hide underneath the chair, I'm going over there. I'm going to flip every chair up until I get to the $100. You keep on seeking. That kind of seeking where God says, I'll show up if you seek me. Keep on knocking and the door will be open. So many doors when you trust an amazing God that we have. And it's not just a one-time prayer. It's continually praying. 
Even when I don't see it, he's working. You sing it all the time. But when you go home, it's when your two tests come. Even when I don't see it, he's working. We have not been assigned to persuade him. But we've been assigned to engage with him. That's all we want is to engage with him. In Luke 6 and 28, it says, blessed, bless those who curse you. Ain't nobody do that. Bless you. Bless those that curse you. Who does that? Somebody curse you. You're going to bless them? Have you done that? Well, if you haven't done it, maybe this week you will learn how to do it. And pray for those who spitefully use you. Another way you can pray. And a few verses later in that same chapter, Jesus says, then, if then, then you will be the sons of the most high. I'm going to be the sons of the most high. So no matter what people say, I'm going to keep the right attitude. I'm going to keep aligned up with God. But I got to talk to him on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Not just Sunday. Because he's a good, good God. Amen? Is he good? Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Third, tell God what you need. Now, we big at that. We tell him, I need this, I need this. You know what's going on? I need this, I need this. We're almost like one of those kind of auction people. But Psalms 34.10 says, even strong young lions sometimes go hungry. But those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. That's for me and me and my house. We're going to lack no good thing because I'm going to trust you, God. I'm going to stand on your word. And with your word, it's unshakable, unmovable. That's going to be in my house. I don't know what you said when I was reading that, but that's going to be in my house. Those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Psalms 107, 6 says, and they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. They went to him and he delivered them out of their distress. James says, and yet, 2 and 4 and 2 says, yet you do not have because you do not ask. Remember what I said? Prayerlessness creates lack. Prayerlessness creates vacancy. Prayerlessness is the absent of a breakthrough. All you got to do is talk to him. Just bring him along with you to work. Bring him along with you at the house. Bring him along with you in the car. Boy, he's going to learn a lot of stuff about you when you bring him along with you. Especially in the car. With the, Q -O the Q -E -W. Okay, tell God exactly what you need. That's why you got to pray if you want to see something happen. Say, I need to pray. Now, I wanted to bring guts with me. Guts. Because, just listen, listen. I want to bring guts. You know, G-U-T-S, guts. And I, but I was like, how do I bring guts? You know, I look on Amazon.ca. I had to get off that thing. Can't bring no guts looking like that. And, uh, but my friend said you could bring sausage links. I said, oh, I should have done that. But let me tell you, when you get desperate, like my mom said, I'm praying my eyes and seeing my ears can't hear. I'm like, when you get desperate, you start to pray your guts out. When you ain't got no food, he talked about hunger. You ain't got no food. You ain't got this. You ain't, you desperate. Three o'clock in the morning, he's hearing from you. Four o'clock in the morning, the next day he's hearing from you. I pray my guts out for my kids. And if I had a picture right now, I'd say, there's my guts. 
right there. Them two, the Luke and Grace. There's my guts. You want to know where my guts are? There they are. You pray your guts out. You pray your guts out. You're fully dependent on God. He's going to take care of me no matter what. No matter how, how old I get, he's going to take care of me. Because he's got me. Does he got you? Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And then it says, thank him for all he has done. Thank him. That's so easy. That, that's one thing that we've lost a little bit. Not necessarily you guys, but people in general have lost that thankfulness. Thank you so much for that. Thank you for honoring me in that. Thank you. We don't give out that word a lot. Everybody say thank you. Okay, that's what I want you to do. Okay, so thank him for all he has done. It's just that one little, you know, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. This is it right here. Thank him for all you've done. Thankfulness is an expression of trust that keeps me, keeps us conscious of the presence of God. Because the Bible says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. So when I come to him, Oh, God, you are good. There is nothing bad about you. You've given me the good news. You are so, because I'm supposed to enter his gates with, that's how he wants us to enter. Thankfulness keeps us connected to the history of God in our lives, of what he's done, because of what he has done for you and me. Listen to this. I don't know how many more minutes I got, but here we go. Um, John 6, 11, okay? John 6, 11. Now, I'm gonna, they're going to put it up, and, um, and I'm just going to tell you about it. So Jesus went to feed the 5,000, right? And they're all, Jesus is teaching. He's so good. I don't know what the word about. They're getting hungry. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, the belly's all going crazy and all. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. So here we go. He's going to feed the 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves. You know what that is? Bread. Gave thanks to God and distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish. He ain't got that much. And they all ate as much as they wanted. Can you imagine? They all ate. Oh, yeah, we got more over here. They had more everywhere. Jesus wanted them to remember to give thanks. Even when it wasn't enough. He had not enough, but he gave thanks. Holding, right here, holding not enough. In the midst of lack, he gave thanks. He held not enough. Some bread and some fish for 5,000, way more than that. But holding not enough, in the midst of it, what did he do? Jesus gave thanks. Why don't we take 10 seconds and thank him for all that he's done for you? Not everybody, but you. Why don't you just, however you want to thank him. Why don't we take 10 seconds? 10. You are good. You are great. You are amazing. Thank you, God. Your goodness and mercy follows me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You are so good to me, God. I thank you, Lord, for your word that changes me to be more like you. Why don't we put our hands together and give him a praise offering, a thanks offering for what he has done. Amen. He's a good father. Even when it's not enough. 
he's good because he made more enough. He made that enough for everyone. Jesus taught us so well. Praise him for all he has done. I will praise the Lord in Psalms 9.1. It says, I will praise the Lord with all my heart. I will tell of all the marvelous things he has done. Start telling what he has done. Psalms 107.21 says, let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Here we go. Next one. Let them sacrifice thank offerings and tell his works with songs of joy. So right there, that sacrifice, thank offering, the thing that you can give him right now is when you enter his gates with thanksgiving. When you get into his presence, wherever you are, you begin to thank him because he is a great father. He is wonderful. And that's the offering that you can give to him on earth is that thank offering. Jesus healed the nine leopards. And guess what? Only one came back and gave thanks. And Jesus said, where are the other nine? He was big about thanks. You need to maintain thankfulness in your life. Say, I need to do that. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he's done. If you do that, then you will experience God's Peace. Say, I want that. that. We're wrapping up. Isaiah 26 and 3 says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. 2 Thessalonians 3.16 says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times. I don't know how I'm going to do that. He said, I'm going to give you your peace at all times. In every situation, the Lord be with you all. Amen. Amen. Are you going to worry? Can't worry about a thing. So no matter the situation, they're going to come up and play something. I've got a few more things to say, but they can kind of get settled. However they do that, I'm fine with that. No matter your situation, no matter how big your problem is, God says, I'm breaking worry off you today. If you just walk like that, Philippians, if you do that, he's got you. Then you're going to have the peace of God that passes all understanding. They say, how did you not pay for 15 months? God says, "Mm, I'm going to sweep right in and do that for them. Why? Because I'm walking with him. I trust him. You're going to help me. He will always do it, always. And when you have a thing, you go to him with that thing. January, I became an empty nester. So my girl, last one, went to college in the States. And let me tell you what, them two months, I was like, okay, I'm going to move by them. See you later. (laughs) Ain't nobody know that but me, me and my pillow, me and my room. And then... All of a sudden, these four random people give me a text, and then the one of them wants to call me. And I'm praying, I'm crying on the phone 45 minutes with her because God spoke, because I took it to him. And I said, God, you know, that's so, that's so sad. They came here with us, another gone. And I got just me and my husband. It's so different, Lord. 
I'm just telling you what I was in my room, okay? You, you know, you get to experience a little bit in my room, but I'm like, this is so different. I got to give all these people, and I, yes, and hallelujah, and do you think I should go be a teacher over there, Lord? I mean, you just talk to the, I cannot be a teacher urchin. I'm going to get my doctorate, so I can go over there and teach. By the time I get my doctorate, they're going to be gone out of school. Okay, so I'm not trying to make light of it, but I took it to God, and God says, and four random people, I was like, you know where I am, God. You know exactly where I am. And he knows where you are. So I don't know what you're concerned or what you're facing right now. You may be worried about all those things. But nothing is too big and nothing is too small for our God. And he wants to break worry off your life. Many times our mind is divided. We have Jesus then we have the cares of this world and all these other choices, and even as Christians. I heard a story as they played. This is, this is why don't you stand? Then that means, and stand with this, okay, because we're going to use this in just a second. Do you want to hear the story I heard about choices? I heard a story about a great athlete, and he loved competition. But one day, he got in a car accident, and he lost his arm, the whole thing. Just, he lost that. And he was going to figure out, like, I, I love sports. What other kind of sport could I play? So he decided, I'll pick up handball. So handball is one of those, you know, it's just like that bond. It has that real thin leather around it. And he decided, oh, I'm going to play handball. So he went to the played in those kind of like clubs and where you do golfing, that kind of stuff, golf clubs and whatever. He, he started playing and he was good. And they were like, oh, we should enter him into the state competition. So he, they entered him and he's like, what? And so he goes to state competition. You remember he lost his, yeah. Okay, so he went to state competition and guess what? He took first place. So the newspaper, listen to this, listen to this, this the newspaper writer wanted to interview him. And they said, how is it possible that a man with one hand can defeat all his opponents that have played with two hands? He said, that's easy. Options. What do you mean options? He said, when the ball comes off the wall, my opponent has to decide what hand to use. And he only had one option. Too many Christians have too many options. And Jesus says, will you let your option be me today? If you are currently worried about something, something going on in your life, I would like for you to bring your stick up here. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. 
If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.